want to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at, at AskAdamTorres uh, to keep up with my book releases, uh, book tour schedule, all that other good stuff. I'd love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website moneymatterstoptips.com and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Margot Kenny on the line. She is a business development manager over at Technion. Uh, Margot, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Adam. All right, so I'm, I'm excited to get into what you're doing um, over at Technion and also some of the work you're doing around um, thought leadership. Uh, but before we do that, let's go into your background a little bit more. Um, How did you get started in business? Well, you know, um, I actually studied Latin American studies um, at the University of San Francisco and graduated in 2009, which is not not the best time to be graduating here out in San Francisco. Um, you know, obviously there was a pretty significant, you know, um, collapse of industry, um, you know, around around the world. Um, so I spent a good amount of time in the restaurant industry, just kind of honing those good sales skills <laughs> as a waitress. And I completely got into my industry by accident. Um, a friend of mine was working for an interior design firm um, called Brighton Hughes, and they needed um, a design assistant. And um, I went and talked my way into it. I just, uh, I was like, well, you know, I, I'm a waitress, so I can multitask, you know, with the best of them. And, um, you know, it was there that I really fell in love with design. And, um really found this great industry in the architecture, engineering, construction world um, where I got to do a lot of different things. Um, it became pretty apparent that I didn't want to go back to school for design necessarily, but I was really interested in marketing and business development. So that's kind of where I built my career, um, you know, as a marketing person and then realizing that I really loved interacting and talking with people. So um, then sort of building more into business development. Um, we have some pretty great professional groups in the Bay Area um, that really help foster um, all of that education, all of that knowledge that I um, that I really uh, was lucky to have at an early point in my career. So I got involved with an organization called SMPS.org, which is the Society of um, what does it stand for? <laughs> uh, Society for Marketing Professional Services. And it's a great little group. Um, you know, I made a really good network there and um, learned a lot of the great tricks of the trade. So um, I think that between that and a lot of great mentorship opportunities, um, I was able to really kind of build my career in business development in the Bay Area. What a great story. Um, I love it. And I'll tell you why. Uh, so there's a, you know, there's a lot of people listening and, and and some of them are maybe they graduated or they maybe didn't go to school and they're thinking about, you know, what their next move is. And they're really kind of trying to find themselves. And here I hear a story about yourself when, you know, you, you just happened to be out in the job market and, uh, you know, that was a, that was a rough time period for any business. I don't care for, for I should <laughs> yeah. say for a lot of businesses. Um, and, you know, you, 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 you kind of fought through to find your current path. What kind of advice would you give to that person that's out there right now that's kind of thinking about what their next step is and maybe they're just kind of, you know, a little, a little misguided on what's, what's going to be next for them? I, my, my advice is always just to, to talk to a lot of people. You know, I think that people are very, 
you know, generous with their time by and large. Um, you know, anybody will uh, go out for a coffee with you. I think that um, using, you know, we have such great uh, resources like LinkedIn um, to really be able to network with each other, see who's connected with who. And if you're interested in something, just reach out to somebody who's um, in that field and just, you know, ask them for a coffee or for a phone call. And I think, you know, most people will talk to you for at least 15 minutes. Um, and I think, you know, just getting as much information as you can. Um, you know, I'm, I'm big into research. So really kind of um, aligning your values and the things that really matter to you with different parts of business, I think, is always good. And just being inquisitive and kind um, and paying it forward when somebody comes and asks you for mentorship down the line. That's great advice. And um, just to, I guess, take it one step further. So you mentioned uh, networking groups or, or even trade groups. Uh, and mm -hmm. you did say how you did mention it was important. But can, can you talk a little bit more on that subject? Because I think this is something that's overlooked often. Like people feel like they have to go at it alone or, or they have to kind of figure things out themselves. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm huge into um, different professional groups. So you know, currently um, I am running a group called the uh, Living Building Challenge Collaborative in San Francisco, which is basically, it's like, you know, a very highly sustainable <laughs> um, group for the built environment. Um, I am engaged with the Urban Land Community or Urban Land um, Institute on their sustainability committee. I do CoreNet, which is a real estate group. Um, I'm actually on the mentorship committee right now. So I'm really a big proponent proponent of getting involved with things. And this is all obviously volunteer time, but I think that the networks you make um, when you join uh, when you join an organization, especially when you get involved in a committee and um, you know, you just really form relationships with other committee members and other folks that you're interacting with. And I think when it comes to any professional organizations, the more you put in, the more you get out of it. Um, so I'm I'm really big on you know, sort of volunteering a lot of my my uh, personal time to getting involved with organizations because it does help build my business. Um, so, you know, most industries have a lot of different professional organizations and just finding things that you're interested in uh, in getting engaged with. I think that, you know, it's the same as getting involved in a social organization, um, you know, to, to meet folks and different things. But I think it's just great when it's industry specific and um, it provides a lot of opportunities. Like, you know, now in Cornet, I am um, on the mentorship committee, and we're pairing earlier career folks um, with people who have been, you know, in real estate um, for a very long time and kind of pairing them together for this really extensive mentorship program, which I think is just such an asset. And, you know, what I've been excited about through this program is how excited the mentors are to um, give of their time and to really sort of pay it forward. So. You know, especially if you're trying to break into an industry, I think that getting involved in professional groups is is a huge um, huge win. And so I, I want to switch it up a bit, uh, Margot. Let's um, let's talk a little bit more about what you're doing over at uh, Technion, and also about what you're doing in the space of thought leadership. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I uh, work for a company called Technion, which is a global furniture manufacturer. So it's based out of Canada. Um, all of our manufacturing uh, takes place for the most part in Canada. We have international factories for international projects, and we are working um, on basically office projects, universities, hospitals, um, 
you know, all sorts of different sectors um, all around the world. So I am doing business development in Northern California. Um, and another hat that I get to wear is um, in sustainability thought leadership. Um, so the reason that I joined Technion is it's an incredibly sustainable brand. We are a vertically integrated company, which means that we're actually making stuff, <laughs> which is pretty rare <laughs> in the contract uh, furniture manufacturing world. So, you know, rather than sort of piecing together parts that are coming from all over the world, um, you know, we're really making these components in our factories, um, everything down to, you know, glass factories um, out in Quebec that are um, that are making uh, glass for our architectural walls, so like glass conference walls. Um, everything from that to desking systems, seating, you know, ancillary, which is all the fun soft seating furniture and, you know, any anything of that nature. So the fact that we're vertically integrated is pretty huge because that allows us to control our supply chain. So if we want to roll out, you know, a sustainability a sustainability measure, like making sure that the chemicals that are going into our products are um, best in class and, you know, not putting any chemicals in our product that are going to make folks sick. So we adhere to what's called the red list, um, which is put on through the Living Building Challenge and it really tells you, you know, what are the worst in cost um, chemicals to avoid. And so we see that, you know, across our across our supply chain. And we're also very transparent with, with what's going into our products. So we have a thing called Declare Products, which if anybody's working on a living building challenge project out there, which is basically, I like to say, like lead on steroids, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. it, it's a very important um, certification um, because it really matters what you're putting in your building to create a healthy um, workplace and environment. So I get really involved in um, not just, you know, making friends in, in, you know, the Northern California industry with end users and architects and general contractors and folks and brokers and all of that um, to try to grow my business, um, but also to educate the market on, on why sustainable brands matter, why vertically integrated companies matter, why it's cool that we're privately held, um, and how that all sort of builds into um, creating more healthy and sustainable products. What um what kind of trends are you noticing in sustainability? Ooh, I think that you know trends are sort of cyclical in the world of sustainability. Mm-hmm. So in the built environment, you know, we think about a lot of integrated systems. So we can think about like you know um, how energy and water and waste and um, carbon all sort of fit together. Um, We can talk about end-of-life cycle and, um, you know, what happens to products when we're done with them. How do we put them to use and divert them from landfills and, you know, really um, have an important um, relationship with waste. Um, I think that a really big trend that we're seeing right now is brands are really trying to go towards carbon neutrality. So, um, you know, we're really trying to, um, you know, reduce the amount of carbon in the environment, which is challenging when you're building stuff and when you're making things. <laughs> so there are a lot of different, um, you know, a lot of different companies are taking a pretty creative look at how we can reduce carbon emissions, um, you know, through through the process of manufacturing and making things. So it's definitely a conversation that we're engaged in. Um, you know, I think that also, you know, we have a lot of really large projects happening in the Bay Area. Um, you know, a lot of tech canvases are really 
taking sustainability at like a master planning level. So like not just building by building, but thinking about their entire campus into consideration. Um, and, you know, they're really thinking about how they can, um, you know, integrate energy, water, waste, um, and those kind of things, but also resiliency. I think that, you know, um, resiliency is just an incredibly important um, piece of the puzzle, which is, you know, how do we not just recover from natural disasters when they happen, but how can we prepare our buildings and our campuses to um, withstand the effects of disasters? I think, you know, in Northern California, we've just seen our fire season get longer and longer and um, mm -hmm. a lot of different things. So really just thinking about like, what are the risks on your site and how to really work to mitigate that so that we can, um, so that we can be, have resilient communities, not just in our buildings or in our campuses, but also in their larger communities where employees are uh, living um, with their families. So I think, you know, so, yeah, I think resiliency and all of that are pretty big trends. So if somebody wants more information on uh, Technion, what's the best way for them to reach out, Margo? Well, they can definitely go to the website, which is www.technion.com. Um, but I'm also happy to, um, you know, provide my email address, if that would be helpful. Um, so that's margo.kenny at technion.com. And it's spelled M-A-R-G-O-T dot K-E-N-N-E-Y at C-E-K-N-I-O-N dot com. All right. Fantastic. Um, well, hey, Margo, I really want to thank you for coming on the show today and sharing your experiences uh, and also um, what you're doing around uh, thought leadership over at Technion. And uh, to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Leave me a review on iTunes. Do all those great things we do uh, to support our podcasters. I really appreciate it. And uh, Margo, thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you.